0: My shoulder, really touch my hair, starts now. And I said, What in the hell is that?
1: Mommy, I'm scared. Spirits and more radio starts now.
2: And welcome to the 18th show of Spirits and More Radio. I'm your host, Steve Rowan. We're going to be diving into the world of psychics and tarot and all sorts of mysterious things like that uh, with a gentleman who's joining us live from London. So stay with us. Turn down the lights,
1: if you dare. Spirits and more radio
2: and welcome to the show everyone uh, this is Steve Rowan your host I'm really happy you're joining us here for our 18th show oh interesting Ah, we've got uh, we've got some multiple things going on today that have sort of changed things a little bit. I've got the volume control of some things to turn down here. <laughs> anyway, uh, never mind the technical challenges here at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm really uh, excited about this show, as you guys know. All the listeners, we've got oh about forty thousand people a month that listen to this show now. Um, we've been talking about the paranormal, and we've been uh, diving into uh mysterious things and interesting things that are just off the sides of you know the middle of the road for everybody uh, I ran into this gentleman mr. Michael day uh, on another podcast that I admire uh, done by Dan Baines and uh, Freddie Valentine who's been a co-host on this show um, and uh, I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say uh, he's been a advisor to the stars he has celebrity clients and he has an uh, uh, average person who's looking for some direction in their life and uh, he's uh, developed a set of gifts so to speak that have uh, allowed him him to uh, help people uh, is what it comes down to. So uh, coming to us live from London, Mr. Michael Day. Welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Yeah, hi. I'm Michael Day. How are you doing?
2: Very good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it is uh, a little after 6 uh, p.m. there in London, right?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm just really like um, invoking Archangel Michael here to really keep this bandwidth strong, have a great show, and to really be of service to your audience. Because I love to invoke spirit and see what happens. Absolutely.
2: Great. Um, So why don't you uh, start us off, um, you know, uh, we're all born and we're little children and uh, we grow up and uh, along the way we discover things about ourselves. And at some point in time, Uh, You discovered that you have this ability, maybe that others don't, to know things that others don't. Is that right?
1: Well, I would say it's been evolving over the years. I mean, I was just your average East End kid from London, and a bit of a dreamer, a bit of a romantic, always interested in matters spiritual. At the age of eight, I was obsessed with going to church. I go three times a week. I rose up to be like a real altar boy, choir boy. I was really into all the ritual. I used to carry the incense. And that sort of set me off on that path. And, and then in my sort of education, I was quite right. But in the end, I was more interested in spiritualism over the years. Went through lots of evolutions in the 80s and Learned about coursing cool miracles, and, and so on. But not until my early 30s, I really find out that I can really use my gift of empathy and uh, insight to really help people. And so um, um, I started 25 years ago, and um, I've been on a few psychic courses and learned a few techniques, but treated it more as a private thing. And then I started off in... Uh, Peckham Market of all places, my first ever paying customer. And uh, and after that, I sort of was in the first New Age nightclub in Leicester Square, the Brain Club, doing little readings in the corner and having a lovely time because I was so fresh and so excited by the power of tarot and communicating to people. And then from there, one client there took me to Barbados and had an amazing sort of spiritual opening. Six weeks in Barbados in 1993, had like the first New Age shop opened there. It, see, in those days, it was all brand new. Everything was new. And now we take it all for granted. But, yeah, for a while, I was the only clairvoyant in Barbados in those times. And in those days, no one knew what was going on, like before social media and internet really took over. It was all brand new, and I was right there on the cold face.
2: I see. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there there's uh, a period of time in the 80s when, what would you call like the New Age, at least here in America, there was sort of this New Age uh, breakout where maybe people were willing to move away from the traditional uh, holds such as like a organized religion. You know, you mentioned you grew up uh, going down that path. Um, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, sort of how those all intersect. But before we get there um, you know uh, we've got listeners to this show who are probably uh, you know, maybe choose to follow certain faiths and so forth. Uh, and then we have people. There's quite a few people who, um, you know, they wouldn't call themselves. Um, they wouldn't use the term um, atheist because they do believe in in some sort of higher power or energy. And I think a lot of people who use the word spiritualist or spiritualism, they're they're spiritual. They want to connect with something. Uh, they don't necessarily follow maybe these rigid uh, sort of rituals that come with, uh, you know, Catholicism or Judaism or these different big religions, you know, uh, Islam and things like that. So, um, there, that sort of group of people. And then on this show, we've also had people who even go into more like the occult, you know, we have the people who follow spells in the earth and things like that. So, uh, in this grand mix of things, where do you sort of land?
1: Well, I'm sort of landing with all of that. I mean, my basic phrase is yes and yes and yes. So essentially, I'm embracing all of that. I mean, what I have is my own view over 25 years of listening to people and really giving powerful interpretations, being a channel for spirits to come through me and and so on. So what I've learned is to have complete honor and respect for where people are. And ultimately, in my view, all the gods are real okay so jehovah allah they're all real beings they have their own existence okay um now you may ask me well where does all that come from i don't quite know but i really honor all these different deities and spirits that influence people and we're all being influenced by the thought forms of the past by ancestral beliefs uh, we're all being influenced by the gods of the past, and something's changed in the human psyche since the seventies and eighties. So, we've all become like individual seekers and warriors. You know, and uh, we're all becoming stars. I mean, not everyone. I mean, someone. There's a lot of people who are still stuck and compassion to them, but most people now are wanting to become creators, free thinkers, but still to honor the roots. I mean, I never go against people's faith. And many people want to adapt new liberal ideas to their original faith. I mean, I get a lot of Muslims turning up, but they're kind of liberal creative types who want to reinvent their culture, not to deny it. Okay, and also I get lots of Catholics turning up because they love all this sort of thing. And because they're quite interested in feeling and the feminine. So I really work with that. I mean, really, my job, though, is never to judge anyone. I mean, why would anybody see me? Well, one of the, of the good things is I'm not here to judge anyone or what they do. You know, I have sinners and saints. I have light workers. I've had murderers as clients. And, you know, they're all nice people. Like really.
2: Even the murderers. The murderers are nice
1: ones. The murderers are all just really beautiful people. And they've all got a story. They've all everyone believes that they're doing the right thing. You know, even those who have gone on the wrong side of the tracks. They believe in their story and why things went that way. So I never contradict what people believe. Obviously, I'm coming from a fairly liberal spiritualist view. But I never try and overturn people's beliefs. Clearly, I'm here to take away guilt. I'm here to take away judgment. I'm here to give people permission to follow a path as well as to predict what may happen. But ultimately, I've learned to have very much a strong respect for all spirits because uh, it's not my job to invoke the wrath or the indignity of these deities. So, you know, I try not to. Um, Attack any particular spirit Because that would be, create difficult karma For me in the future So really It's more about what serves the person But since the 80s there's been new Pathways, the new age Is a very powerful movement I totally endorse it Because people have learnt to, to earn their own money To invent new systems Of living, to have new kinds Of relationships, I really endorse that um, yeah,
2: right, so um, as you uh, as you sort of honed in your skill set, um, you know there are people who um, maybe you can describe that let's start there let's let's describe I mean, can you describe um, what it is you feel? is it a feeling inside? are there actual voices or words that come to you? Uh, where does this information that you deliver to a client uh who's sitting with you and wants to know something about their life maybe their past their future uh how does it how does that work from your perspective
1: okay well essentially i'm keen to get results so i want to use every pathway that is open to me i'm very keen to have lots of information coming through so there's all kinds of ways, because spirit is always trying to communicate with us, whether we're conscious of it or not. Spirit is always trying to give us access. But obviously, the thinking mind is fairly binary, doesn't pick it up. So, the trick is to bypass the thinking mind or to use it in a different way. So, I might have, for example, information comes to me in my dreams. That's a very powerful thing. Also, I'll be having uh, words, visions, and messages coming through to me. Even songs can can come through that have meaning or there's secret clues in that. Then I've got my lovely tools. I have the, the tarot cards, which are actually incredibly powerful because I've learned to respect what's going on now and that, you know, whether you believe in synchronicity or fate, the cards do tell a powerful story. Now we have other systems like um, astrology that I use with people. Also, I've got my own thing uh, that's called psychic art, which is uh, – an, an, um, well, it's not my my own technique, but I've changed it and adapted it. Essentially, I do – drawings with, with my eyes closed um, to music and those drawings tend to be spirit beings showing up in those pictures and, and often they give me a very powerful guide to real facts and real people that are around that person and very very useful even when yeah I'm in a, a good mood or a bad mood these techniques can work I just have to go through the particular ritual process and allow spirit to come through. Because obviously, there'll be ups and downs in my own energy, but all these different techniques allow me to have fantastic sources of information. Me to have so, from my point of view, it's about drawing all together and giving each client a rich picture. In a sense, also of connection to their own spirits, to the past. Um, I mean, obviously, my view is now we're being heavily influenced by generations of ancestors. That's linked into family constellation theory. We're all paying off the karma of our family members. So that's my own take on what a person is. It's more than just one person. It's the whole family will come into a session sometimes.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying that... uh If you've had relatives in the past that, uh, have not been nice people that uh, their their ancestors in the future may reap uh, some repercussions of that uh, th- we're going to take a quick break uh, and we'll be right back we are with Michael Day he's joining us live from the UK specifically London and uh, we're going to uh, continue on talking about uh, his psychic ability and how he helps people uh, we will get into uh, maybe even some tips later on in the show if you're listening uh, maybe he's gathering some energy from some who's listening and uh if so uh i'm sure he'll be happy to share that with everyone and we'll see we'll see if there's a connection to anyone there as well so uh stay with us you're listening to spirits and more radio
0: what were the skies like when you were young they went on forever that when i we lived in arizona and the skies always had little fluffy clouds in them and we uh, there were lots of stars at night. And uh, when it would rain, it would all turn. It, they were beautiful, the most beautiful skies, as a matter of fact. Uh, the sunsets were purple and red and yellow and on fire. And the clouds would catch the colors everywhere. That's neat because I used to look at them all the time when I was little. And you don't see that. Listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us
2: at Spooks and Spirits.com. And you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. I'm Steve Rowan, your host. Uh, remember, you can check out all of our old shows, uh, previous shows, at Spirits and More uh, they're on demand there. And then if uh, if you find them interesting, usually in the second hour, we get into some interesting things as well. And uh, people who support us through Patreon, we certainly appreciate that and and give them access to a little bit more. So uh, if you're enjoying the show, that is something you can look into. That's on our website as well at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Uh, we are live right now. You may be listening to the podcast, but if you're listening right now, you can ask questions and we will, uh, I, I'll try and integrate them in if i can so if you're watching on periscope right now and you chat in the chat room uh, i can see that uh and if you're on uh youtube or facebook uh i can see facebook as well so um and if you're not, you can jump into Periscope uh, through Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is at Scary Horror News uh, on Twitter. So, uh, anyway, we're joined by Michael Day. He is a psychic intuitive. Intuitive, I think that's the right term. And uh, and he's uh, been sharing with us a little bit about uh, sort of the methods and and just a good roundabout uh, global overview of what he does. Um, Michael, welcome back to the show. Um, The question I had for you, uh, I I think this would be a good time to address this because, uh, you know, you refer to spirit uh, and things like, when you say spirit, you mean, uh, what do you mean? An overall energy, all-encompassing energy of some sort?
1: Well, that's kind of like a general view of spirit that's interacting with humankind. Now it's a bit more... Complex these days as we're caught up in this, you know matrix of different energies and and so on I mean things were very different in the 90s before all this social media Came along, okay, but yeah, you know, spirit is still as strong as ever now also there are individual spirits and there are kind of um, My own guides work with me to protect me essentially and stop me, you know going too far Um, out of sorts, keep me grounded and keep me open. And my guides are just very keen to keep me doing the work. I mean, they appreciate all my own um, adventures. But in the end, they just love to put me in places around the world and to get me to serve people. And obviously, there is some income in that. So really, my main income now is – like business coaching, life coaching, because that's where there's a bit more income. Um, But but I've been recently um, working in Thailand and so on. So everywhere I go, there's some lovely spirits to encounter. And every place, there are are interesting spirits and ghosts still around there. And especially, yeah, like in Barbados, I had some very – Powerful people out there, and interesting situations. And um, I mean, London. I'm doing a lot more with sort of business people, and um, and so on. I mean, in the old days, it was much more about magic. I mean, in the nineties, people were, uh, were more into magic and doing spells on each other. That's not so strong now, but. Um, things have changed but the spirit world is always interacting with us even if we're you know really quite lazy about it It doesn't matter because we're all opened up in different ways and often it's about resolving the trauma of family members who have passed over like if you've got alcoholic people in the family often they tend to uh, hang around a bit or it can be some residue some psychic residue from all that uh, There's been uh, difficult passings or grief in the family. So all these different factors are there. Now, what I would say is that if this interests you, it means that you are maybe empathic or you have your own spiritual mission. Like for some people, they're meant to be working hard in the world, making money. They have no interest in this sort of thing. And I've never really want those sort of people to get too keen on this because some people are just meant to work and to raise families and it's not for them to kind of go into these astral worlds i mean their job is to is to raise up their kids and create lovely homes some people are on the path of exploring spirit and those people often come to me and uh, i do coach a lot of other gurus and teachers now i had one today we starting an ashram in Argentina, and he's doing well. So there's lots of people now who are kind of pioneers, teachers, coaches. Often they, um, they really want some um, input from someone like me who's more tuned in to the psychic and astral planes. Because people who are creative, who are on the edge, they need that support. They need to be given confidence and and to be given communication. And they really value um, the spirit world as being part of their creativity. And some people who are like skeptics, well, that's a good thing because they're not meant to inquire too deeply. They're fine as they are. They need to be working hard. So I never try and persuade people of what I believe because some people are meant to be... On a fairly solid, like um, obvious pathway, and some people need lots of support and spirit world um, communication.
2: So, would you say that uh, your perspective on skeptics? Let's let's talk about that. Um, you know, there are people who uh, grow up. Uh, you know, I can say for myself when I was when I was young, my parents put me in uh, catechism, which is a youth program at uh, Catholic Church. And as they sort of read the stories, um, I just couldn't, couldn't buy it. I just, even at that young age, I just thought, well, wait a minute, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like that could happen. That doesn't seem, uh, authentic or that it, it just didn't make sense. There was something in my head telling me, wait a minute, you know, you should question this, you know, um, uh, other people out there who are uh, maybe involved with the sciences and engineers and people like that, their minds work in a certain way. So uh, those sort of people who are out there um, can be touched, I would say, by interesting events that may change them. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to clump all engineer and science people into that box necessarily of being like an atheist or pure skeptic. Uh, I have met... Uh, some scientists that work in biotech uh, that feel that their knowledge of how the body works uh, almost has led them to believe in a creator in creationism and the fact that what they know and what they see, they can't uh, attribute to sort of this um, evolution theory. So uh, how do you feel? I mean, you sort of said it right there, but uh, with regard to skeptics and people who are listening saying Oh, uh, what is this guy talking about? You know, he's energies and spirits and this and that, uh, you know, uh, what, what's your perspective on that? Is there something for them, uh, in this that, uh, that they're, uh, maybe at some point will be interested or would be drawn to, or, or do you see that ever? What is, what is your perspective on that?
1: Well, is first of all, you know, I really love skeptics because they're helping to keep the whole thing grounded. I mean, uh, this world has to function, jobs have to be done. But some people are the poets, the dreamers, the intuitives, the artists, the actors. I mean, all these people I meet in my work, like I meet a lot of media people, actors, uh spiritual teachers they're all using what i might call lunar energy energy from the moon i mean not literally though some might actually see it as being about the physical moon but it's to do with the secret part of the human psyche that is actually so fascinating and the spirit world is in that dimension of creativity so i would say if you're a great writer or scientist, or thinker, you are already on your path. You don't need to know about all this. But some people are opened up. Some people also have like premature awakenings, through uh, like some people have car crashes, or strange illnesses, or even abuse, can open people up to other dimensions. And see, in my view, everyone's life path is perfect. now. That's a bit of a New Age heresy. Surely, you know, some people have difficult lives. But the general spiritual perspective is that everybody is learning their own syllabus. And that's a fairly strong New Age view. So, you know, skeptics should keep on being skeptical because they help everyone to stay focused. And my job is to open up to the people who really want to know about these things. And, um yeah, 10% of the population are open to psychic phenomena, I would say, on a regular basis, and they will have visions. Clearly, if that goes too extreme, they can end up being labelled as you know, mentally ill and so on. So I never want to push people beyond their own boundaries because everyone needs protection and everyone needs um, to feel safe.
2: I I think that's a good point you brought up there. I'd like to explore that a little further. Um, Mental illness. Uh, Do you... Have you run across it? And when you do, what do you do? Where is that line between, you know, this person... Could be receiving things from other places and it 's scattered, and you know there 's two two perspectives I mean you could look at it from the point of saying they 're ill, you know and there 's a chemical imbalance that 's causing them to see things that aren 't there, hear things that aren 't there, believe people are watching them that that aren 't there uh, and those sort of things that they label mental illness uh, really fall into patterns that you can observe in the same people doing the same sort of things. Uh, I'm sure there's people that fall outside that, but, uh, at some point, you know, you can also question and say, well, uh, is this person really maybe receiving information that we just can't see? So where do you draw the line? Do, do you believe in mental illness? Do you come across what you believe to be mental illness? How do you handle that?
1: Yeah. Well, this is where I can get myself into some big trouble. So I'm very careful what I say. Because there's a lot of people who are very nervous of uh, spiritualistic uh, interpretations, but essentially my view is that the chemical imbalances are not causing all these things. Okay, that's just my view. That the chemical imbalances are a product of thought processes. They're side effects. So I'm I'm now taking the side of consciousness being supreme over the physical body. But a lot of people would be very upset by that idea. So I'm not going to be pushing that as objective truth. But my sense is that we are all um, all of us tuned into different dimensions of being. And there are different astral planes. And there are very, very, very positive experiences out there. And there are some pretty hellish experiences also and these are all encompassed in what i call the fourth um, dimension or the world of positive and negative spirits um and yeah, you know, some people would be very concerned by that interpretation but ultimately that um, and the job of every spiritual seeker is to interpret these different levels and not to be too confused by what they see. And they, you know, all the mystics say, be very wary of visions and what they mean. Which is why I'm more interested in the healing purpose of all this, rather than getting too obsessed. I mean, clearly I've met people who claim to be Jesus Christ, for example. Um, there's quite a few, I'm sure, where you are. And these people go around with all kinds of uh, missions and statements. And I don't try and, and deny these people their experiences, but they need radical grounding. And essentially, there are people out there who are taking some very powerful plant medicines, which, which is great. I mean, some people really need that. But there's the danger of delusions of grandeur or believing that you have come to save the world. Now, essentially, yes, we are here save the world as a general principle, but my job is to turn you back to taking care of yourself first. I think self-care is so important. And if we have revelations, to really keep them secret, if we can, because uh, some people get very upset by visions. So yeah, if you start ranting, in walmart or tesco's about your visions you will be locked up i would say
2: <laughs> right Keep
1: things secret if you can
2: yeah so um when you do come across someone you said there's multiple jesuses across the world um you don't um you don't necessarily believe that uh because some people would say well you know uh, maybe if they're uh christian people they may you know there may be some belief that the as you said these uh revelations are real um but you said that's not that's not of interest necessarily to you but but is it a challenge to to meet somebody and work with someone who who is experiencing that
1: well i had one uh, once as a client and i was very careful not to neglect his experience but i kept drawing him back to his personal relationships to where he lived to his intimate connections not trying to get too caught up with the bizarre um like identity that he uh, was believing himself to be because in the end it's not my job to deny people their belief but well, it is my job to ground people and in the end, he asked me how he could spread his mission to the world. And I said, have you tried Facebook? He said, what a great idea. And he left quite quite happy. So it's not my job to interfere with someone's karma, but nor should I be exacerbating their predicament or encouraging them to um, to be reckless. It's a very difficult path because obviously – I have people in all kinds of magical situations come to me, people dealing with magic and interference. So my job is to always take people at face value, never to contradict what they're going through. And some people are just plain depressed. You know, I had one client who was like depressed for years, and she kept turning up. And I knew that in the end I just had to be patient with her because she wanted lots of advice. And, you know, finally she got a boyfriend, and she was quite happy after that. Um, So, like, the healing pathway can take years. And some people I see once or twice. Some people I see year in, year out. And my job is to say that in the spirit world, there is no time. And healing, you know, cannot be ordered. It will happen, but we cannot put timings onto it and some people get massive healings after you know 10 or 15 years so i'm very patient with people and my job is to be agnostic
2: i see thank you for uh joining us here on spirits and more radio we're going to take a quick break right now uh we're with michael day uh he's coming to us live from london so if you have any questions for us uh, you can do that on periscope or facebook uh, where we are broadcasting live right now. Um, and we'll be right back. We're going to talk about, you mentioned earlier, Michael, uh, that you had worked with some murderers. Uh, uh, so let's uh, let's talk about that. I, I can imagine uh, maybe the first time you came across that uh, may have been uh, a challenge. So uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Spirits and More Radio.
0: Whoa! So, this is Radioland, huh? The infinite turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to you every night.
2: Hey there, listeners, this is Steve Rowan, your host. I hope you're enjoying this show, and if you are, I'd like to ask you to help us expand our audience by giving us a review in your podcast app. I would really appreciate it if you did that, and for doing so, I want to do something special for you. I want to offer you a free bonus hour of any one of our previous shows. So if you like the Alien Show and you want to hear the Second Hour or the Disneyland Show or the Ouija Board show, just take a screenshot of your review and email that to me at editor at spirits com and I will email you right back with a link to the second hour of any show you'd like. Thank you for listening and please share us on your Facebook and retweet us. Now back to the show. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Spirits and More Radio. We are talking about psychics and tarot cards and uh, all the tools and interesting stories surrounding uh, this sort of thing. We've got Michael Day with us. And uh, Michael, earlier in the show, you did mention that you had worked with some people who had murdered others. And uh, I wanted to find out, uh, you know, was that a surprise to you? And how did you handle that? What was your initial thought? Because I think. Uh, I've, I have don't believe I've ever met someone who's claimed that they've murdered someone. And I think that mm-hmm. in that moment, your brain kind of fr- probably freezes for a second to, to digest that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, it's a, it's a very interesting session I had with someone. And I kept hearing old Lang Syne going over and over in my head. That's all I could get. So I said to my client, you know, all I'm getting for you is "Old Lang Syne, the New Year's Eve song. And that's all I'm getting for you. He said, well, that's very interesting because New Year's Eve is when I killed my mother. I said, pardon? Yeah, that's, that, that's the day I had to kill my mother. She kept nagging me. I got a knife out and finished her off. I said, really? And you know, how come you're here you know, in this session? Surely you should be... In prison, he said, "Well, yes, but they told me I was crazy and sent me home." So, very interesting encounter. And what I got in that was a profound teaching for me because this guy was a really beautiful guy. was going to all the spiritual meetings, a course in miracles, learning to love life. And from his point of view, that was he was perfectly justified in what he did. And my job, of course, is always not to judge anyone because every soul is seeking resolution. Every soul, I mean, every path in life is ultimately a quest for forgiveness and integration, whether of ourselves or our ancestors or family. It's about coming to a place of real peace and peace. You can't make it up. Either you feel it or you don't. It's like a peace of mind, and everyone's searching for that, including those who have committed very bizarre actions like that. So, for my uh, so for my view, it was my job was to really minister a very positive future, and to really accept that this person was searching for love in every action, and whether or not you say. You know he was out of his mind or he was a bad person you know spirit is very much embracing everyone that's really like the joy of what i do because i have lots of people who you know are great believers or who are great christians but in the end you know the priest cannot give them that individual attention and also the, um, the priest can be quite judgmental my job is to really allow people to come to me with their sins. I mean, I have people who come see me and they're like multiple partners around the world. That's all secret. Or they've been, you know, drug smuggling to make a living. And clearly these people cannot go, you know, and like really deal with this. They feel judged. So my job is to really accept people as they are. And I meet people, you know, who are, who... I've got a very strong death wish, and my job is to keep them focused on life. I mean, clearly, my job is to keep all my clients alive, and I, I get very upset if people die on me. Yeah, because yeah. I want everyone to prosper. I want everyone to do well. I hate to see people leave early. Um, Lucky these days, people live longer, thanks to medicine. So you
2: know. Now you've clearly, had you've had. Um... And this is a good time to get into uh, the fact that you've worked with celebrities. Uh, I know that you obviously can't reveal uh, any current celebrities, but you mentioned when people die. Now tell us, didn't you did have a celebrity pass, is that right?
1: Well, I mean, I did have a little, um, like a few words of advice for Amy Winehouse. I mean, clearly it wasn't enough. Um, it was very interesting to uh, converse with her because she was very intelligent, very bright, but very, you know, attached to romantic partners. That was sort of her undoing. And clearly, um, because of the of what she was taking, her moods would turn for no reason and she would become a bit hostile. But ultimately, yeah, I sense that Amy Winehouse was was a very intelligent woman very bright but she joined the club of 27 which you may know about so many pop stars have died at the age of 27 jim morrison janice joplin a winehouse and so many others but that's kind of like a real spiritual threshold year it's what i call a neptune year and yeah, my job is to keep everybody alive, but clearly I don't always have that success. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've had other celebrities who are what I call minor TV stars, people, people who might end up in some soap opera on TV. But, you know, I can't really claim a huge bunch of A-listers. But yeah, I, um, I do see many of my clients on TV turning up. On some uh, show and soap opera. It's always quite fascinating seeing how people progress, certainly.
2: Right. And you yourself were on TV at, TV at one moment in time. Is that right? Tell us about that.
1: Well, I've been on TV a few times. I mean, often I've been like set up. Like once I appeared on this End of the World show with, um, with Channel 4. That's quite a mainstream TV show in England. And I was doing this whole kind of little piece about Nostradamus, and as you know, what, when you go on TV, they're kind of really obsessed with editing everything to fit a script, that's what they do, like they, they carefully cut things out and put you into a loop, so I was made to, to, uh, to um, announce the end of the world on mainstream TV, and people were panicking and phoning up, and it was a big drama, fascinating, no, I mean, I saw it as a great you know sense of humor in that, but clearly some of my other new age friends were a bit kind of upset by what happened. but this is all part of my education I mean, I was very proud to be on the same screen as Nostradamus and for the whole world to be seeing that because Nostradamus, the French uh, astrologer and prophet, he was my hero, so to end up on the mainstream t v with that great figure was good for me, but a bit bizarre me announcing the end of the world that night. But that's the danger of being on TV. You get carefully edited. But I accept that is what happens. And I've been on, on a few other TV shows and so on. Um and often they're quite skeptical, but but I sort of take it as being part of yeah, TV is about humor. People in the media are very sharp and often they want to subvert things so i accept that i don't you know try and change all that that's just how the media is
2: Right, right, um, so, and this might be a good time to talk about this, and as we approach uh, the one hour mark, we have about ten minutes to go, but uh, in the second hour, i'd like to get into uh, maybe any feelings you're you're having during this show that uh, may speak to somebody, so we 'll do that in the second hour, uh, but before we do that, um, I thought this would be a good time because you mentioned some of your um, friends in the in the uh, you know in the oh we've got uh oh, interesting we're getting a call from Sheffield England right now i don't know why but let's decline them <laughs> uh, so uh anyway uh you mentioned they they would they kind of were upset about what happened to you uh on that broadcast of predicting the end of the world or the date or whatnot um, there are uh people who work within the realm of the psychic and fortune telling uh, who maybe are not as authentic as others. Um, I'm sure you've you've heard the term shut eye before. Uh, and I know that you I, I believe you published something for magicians. I I happen to be a member of the Magic Castle here in Hollywood and and know someone who's uh sort of worked more on the side of uh you know the telephone type fortune thing uh, and he's written a book about his experience in that uh, which included things like these big uh, productions where people would come in and they would use tricks to sort of mark people and get information ahead of time uh, for the benefit of the show and the cameras and so forth Uh, how do you feel about that sort of thing and have you witnessed that yourself uh, these sort of, um, you know, maybe made-for-TV type things or people sort of exploiting others, uh, you know, in and not necessarily having the mission of helping people, but maybe making money?
1: Well, I think there's two different scenarios in your question. The first one, where people are kind of maybe listening on earpieces or getting information in advance that can lead into having you know, a great deal of effect upon people. That is what we might call uh, show business or, um, you know, uh, uh, mistaken credentials, people getting information in advance and so on. That's what we might call perhaps fraudulent because it's kind of, you know, not genuine. At the same time, everyone who works on these phone lines and everyone who does Medium shit. I believe that they're all trying to do their best. I don't go around, you know, trying to discount anyone's efforts. Clearly, some people are more effective than others and have more experience and more access to information. Um, What I would say is that what concerns me is psychics trying to guilt trip people or to get control over people. Or to extract large sums of money from people—that's more what concerns me—is that people are actually trying to uh, give people a real sense of doom or a real sense of uh, they have to pay a lot of money to be free from curses or whatever? That for me is pushing the ethical boundaries. Uh, you know, that is kind of like exploiting people, and clearly, yeah, you know, I've been very. Uh, concerned if I was doing that myself. I'm very careful to allow people freedom of choice, not to impose beliefs upon people, and not to fix people uh, with uh, negative patterns. Right. So that's more important.
2: I see. And you know, I would imagine that uh, as you receive uh, images, information, messages about a particular person, uh, there has to, I, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can sort of choose to give just the positive, right? But uh, I'm sure there are some people who are surrounded by maybe negative things. And, and how do you handle that when the message, when you really don't have good news to bear?
1: Well, what I can say is that some people are really caught up in difficult situations that are very hard to get out of. And it's important not to um, try to search too hard for loopholes. If someone's stuck in a situation, they need help, they need support, they might be given direction to public services to help them, to police, whatever. Your job is to be really uh, grounded about how much freedom a person has. And some people also... Uh, may have, you know, illnesses in the family. It's very important not to be too dogmatic about what you see, but clearly there can be images or pictures of illness or decline in people. Uh, It's very dangerous to be absolute about these things because these are divine matters. It's not the job of any psychic or medium to try and imitate divine will because ultimately everything is under grace but there are always clues and signs in the astral plane of decline or people feeling trapped or people feeling under abusive situations. It's important to be really compassionate with people and not to impose dogmatic views. Some people are in a situation for a very important karmic purpose and at the same time you have to allow their beliefs to be given free reign. I can't start imposing dogmatic philosophies you know um, suffering is not a good thing and if people can get out of it fast all the better. Um, One has to be very careful in the world of negativity because most people now do have access to positive resources and they need to be given access to the positivity Um, and some people who are really suffering need to be given a lot of compassion. It's important to get the balance right.
2: Would you say that there are some things that people maybe who are listening to this show right now, uh, who are struggling in some way in their life, there's a lot of pain and struggle for a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately it's not the other way around, uh, necessarily, but, uh, um, is there, are there things you can give, uh, tips you can give right now to someone who's maybe seeking some help, uh, that would allow them to identify, Maybe a bad actor, so to speak, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, running a shop and they're going to tell you, you know, that this evil spirits on your back and without buying these exotic, uh, you know, concoctions from somewhere for $20,000, uh, you're just doomed and you're going to be dead by the summer. You know, are there things that people can look out for signs, warnings, uh to just uh not get sucked in by somebody who's because clearly these people that uh do take advantage are very good at what they do uh to yeah. to extract that sort of money from people who otherwise would be very logical about their life you know uh they're just open and uh they're they're hurting and they're in a place where they're uh, open to be taken advantage of, I think. So, if you can share with anyone listening right now some things that they should look for in choosing an advisor or spiritual guide of some sort.
1: Well, I mean, listen, choosing a guide, that's very a personal issue. I mean, clearly, you want somebody who's been around for some years who is fairly compassionate and grounded. Um, With regard to these issues of uh, psychic attack or black magic, listen, there's not that many black magicians around these days. Really, there's not that many people doing dark magic on anyone because, you know, humankind is changing. Now, in the 80s and 90s, there was more of that stuff going on, and I'd have to deal with it, especially out there in the Caribbean. But, you know a lot of those people have now disappeared. So I'd say that it's very unusual for any real dark magic to be affecting anyone, and not to you know, leave those who sort of say it with no evidence. Clearly, some, a lot of people, though, are dealing with ancestral issues. That, for me, is real. It's very true. We're all picking up uh, different legacies from family members that are still in the family aura. That is about healing and cleansing, about, you know, being in nature. It's about being around positive people. I mean, know, yeah, Sunshine is a great healer, you know, for example, being in nature. Um, but also everyone's searching for different ways to get forgiveness. And I always say, you know, if in doubt, A Course in Miracles teachings for me are my ultimate fallback because they can't accept Modern theistic belief, like Christianity, it can work, but it's about taking the stigma and the sense of doom out of it. We are here to forgive others, and we become stronger as we achieve spiritual responsibility. But this is a gradual process, and overcoming the shadows in one's own family, I feel, is very real. Some people are still dealing with trauma and abuse. It's important not to promise quick fixes for those people, because that would not be ethical. But healing can happen at any moment, and healing is about a release of heartbreak. In the end, it's our heartbreak that needs to be released. and That can happen at any moment, but it can't be made up. You know when you feel free. You know when you feel healed. No one can do it for you. It's about you releasing grief, or upset, or wounding, it's a process that happens in time and space. Healers and psychics can help you, but only you can go through that process of release. And you must find people who believe in healing and who believe that there can be a way out.
2: So um, so are you saying that, uh, you know, for instance, I've seen some programs that show, uh, you know, families of people that... Uh, You know, they'll have sort of like a palm reading shop and and they'll take lots of money from people, put curses on people. So you aren't coming from the perspective of because as I look at that, I think of that as like, oh, you know, um, they're manipulating somebody into believing in this thing that this stick has some power of some sort. But from as I listen to you. Uh, I I think you're not seeing it that way. I think from your perspective, maybe there is some power in that stick uh, and they're just a bad uh, person for taking advantage. Is that what you're saying?
1: Listen, I believe that most people have protecting guides and angels around them and they do most of the work for you to keep you safe. What I would say is that if you drink a lot or take, some drugs you can temporarily lose that protection and you may be open to bizarre um, influences coming in so I'm not like trying to preach uh, being sober the whole time but on the whole if you're in your right mind if you're grounded if you're getting enough sleep and eating properly you've got a lot of natural psychic protection already built in to your system and you know I've I mean, I'm uh, quite well um, looked after myself. Occasionally, I've had clients from overseas, and sometimes I get some residue from them. So no one is totally immune. But normally, most people in the West don't give me any problem because um, there's not much dark magic around people these days. It's all been it's, – it's now part of history. But clearly, you know, I know that I've met some clients who are still under influence of family trauma, and ancestral curses. Often that is from um, countries that are not normal Western places. So it's not about trying to stigmatise any races. But uh, you know, magic now is mainly positive. There's still some dark magic around. Um, obviously, on the whole, living in the West, we are quite safe. There's very few dark magicians around these days. You know, most of us are safe and do not need to be paranoid.
2: Right. And I've, uh, you know, I've uh, had some, uh, one particular person on this show who was a witch and she called herself a grey witch. And uh, Mm -hmm. she said that she does sometimes put... Hexes on people uh, if she feels that they've uh, the wrong that they've done is it deserving in some way? Uh, But we can get into that in a minute. We're going to take a break. This is our one hour break. So uh, we'll have three minutes. We're going to, you know, get a little something to drink and uh, get right back here in three minutes. So stick with us. Uh, You're listening to Spirits and More Radio. Time's up! This fascinating interview does continue for our full access overtime members. To get full access, simply go to our website at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Under the full access section, you'll see an orange Patreon button. Click on that to find out more and hear the rest of the show. You can also join our live broadcast alert list. We email the day of the show when we are going to broadcast live so you can tune in and hear the full show and also have the opportunity to call in. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.